Welcome back to Autolux Autopod. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the car, Mr. Everett J. himself. And this week, we're going to be taking a look at the vehicles that were influenced by the original Jeep. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Yes, I'm Everett J. from Autolux Autopod. Keep following our Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and as always, keep checking for all updates on www.autolux.net for all of your automotive information from around the world, including links to every single car company's webpage. Yes, this week we're taking a look at how Jeep has influenced so many vehicles around the world and has created so many vehicles around the world. Yes, the original Jeep Wrangler, as we've discussed before, was made. Original Jeep vehicle out there. I'm going to give you a quick overview. Okay, many of its competitors and variants over the years. Okay, we, we know. There's hell. There's one brand new one coming back this year, the Bronco. The original commission from the American Army was sent to over 135 companies. Only American Bantam Car Company and Willie's Overland Jeep came back with their own ideas for an off-road, all-terrain vehicle and the requirements of the American military. The original Jeep was originally envisioned by Bantam Car Company, but Bantam couldn't see the production volumes because they were such a small outfit. Now, they supplied their blueprints to both Willys and Ford, who helped them build the original Jeep. If you go back and take a look, there are Willys Jeeps, which eventually became Willys Jeep, since they bought out the rights to Bantam, but there's also Ford Bantam Jeep products out there. The Ford Pygmy and the Willys Bantam Quad were built for the market for the American military. Now, Willys eventually took over Bantam during World War II and took over full design from Ford after the war. So after the war effort, Ford wasn't even allowed to build the original Jeep rod. Willys had taken them over, which means they had completely acquired Bantam. By this, Ford knew this and said, there is a market for these type of vehicles. These boys are coming back from overseas. And yes, they all want to get into cars, but some of them don't have women to come home to. Some of them only have the women over there. Some of them came over single and are coming home single. And some of them live out in the middle of nowhere. Gotta remember, it's late 1940s, early 50s. There's no roads everywhere. The interstate system is still years away. And even though in the American, continental America, there are roads nearly every single place, there are still backcountry situations which require a fully operational all-terrain vehicle to access. And until this day, nobody had that. And then came Bantam, who had sold the rights out to Willys. And Willys said, hey, we could do that. And so became the history of the Jeep. But like we said, they also sold out their counterparts to Ford as well and ford took it upon themselves to say there is a market here we want in we don't care that we lost the effort to gain all of this intellectual property from bantam to create the jeep product which is going to become an amazing icon for the american people and for history no no ford said we're not gonna let willies win this one <coughs> we're not gonna let him take all of our glory and then came the bronco it took nearly 20 years for them to realize that the Bronco needed to come out. But it wasn't until the swing in 60, when the Mustang was out, when the Camaro started coming out, when the Charger came out, when the muscle car really took off from a new generation of people who wanted to go everywhere and do everything. Roads were available, interstates were available, back countries needed to be explored. In the 50s, that wasn't it. Everybody wanted to settle down, have a family, and the economy was booming. We needed to get everything going, and we needed to kickstart the world all over again. There were people that were getting into Jeeps back then, but not so much until the 60s. Now, like I said, Jeeps went all over the world for the American military, used everywhere. They brought them in Japan, they brought them into China, Vietnam, Australia, Great Britain, Germany, France, 
ants. They brought them everywhere. And when the war effort was over, just like Desert Storm, they left them behind. In places like the Philippines, you get amazing, really weird creations, like the jeepneys. It's essentially how the jeepney came to pass. We're leftover vehicles from war efforts. But we're going to move over to Great Britain. Yes, the home of Mini. The people who originally owned and helped build Volkswagen into what it is today through the Beetle, they saw a market for this too. As in the 40s and 50s, like I said, the world was expanding. The world was growing. People wanted everything out there. And a little company who built stuff for the war saw this market. And since Jeep wasn't over there, since Willys hadn't entered many markets, since they moved back home, took their products with them, and had entered a lot of these other places, Land Rover took it upon themselves to use all of the leftover military seafoam green paint in the chassis of a Jeep Wrangler, or CJ back then, and built the very first Defender. Yes, they utilized pre-existing Jeep parts to create a brand new product, while also utilizing leftover military-grade paint. That is why all the original Land Rovers are painted that horrible seafoam greenish-blue. All leftover paint from the military effort, and that's how Land Rover got started. We're going to jump over to Japan. Remember, the Americans bombed Japan, and not just dropped nuclear bombs on them. They bombed them with fireballs and created wreaked havoc all over that amazing nation. But you can't blame them for what they did, either side. But we just need to remember what had happened to not do it again. Remember, but getting back to the Jeep, Jeeps were there. Jeeps were left over. And then you move into a little company and started out as Hope Motor Company. Started building little military-grade vehicles for their Japanese military. Even though their military wasn't as big or strong as before. They built it. And later, were bought out by Suzuki. Yes, we're talking about the Suzuki Jimny. It was used as a utilitarian version of the Jeep Land Cruiser military models that they had built with Jeep. Yes, Suzuki originally started building Jeeps with Jeep. But they eventually used that information to build their own Jimny, which is still in existence today. The Jimny, it's just one of the most amazing products. It kind of looks like a little miniature G-Class now, but the original Suzuki Jimny looks like a weird disgruntled has-been of a Jeep. It's like if the Jeep and the Land Rover made a baby, it would be the Suzuki Jimny. But again, also in Japan, and somebody else found the Jeep. Suzuki built them for their military with the help of Jeep. Toyota found one left over in the Philippines. Where the Japanese military said, we want that. We need you to build that. And Toyota started work on it. We have the third piece of the puzzle to the have-beens and wannabes of the Jeep Brigade. The original Toyota FJ Cruiser was built utilizing the technology left over from leftover Jeeps displaced and left behind in the Philippines. Yes. The AK-10 was the product, and it lives on today, as both the Land Cruiser, the Lexus LX-570, and the Land Cruiser J-70. That platform, just like the original Willys Jeep, has lived on. The Defender, unfortunately, has fallen victim to modern times, and the original plant was shut down, and the brand new Defender has nothing much in common with the original one. Only the original Jeep and FJ Cruiser have products that date back to their original birthing rights. Now, like I said, this this is one about an entire Jeep world. Those are a few of the knockoffs. Well, Suzuki, not so much because it was built in partnership with Jeep. Well, Mahindra also has one. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Mahindra Roxor, which has come to North America, which FCA has actually sued them for utilizing a grill similar to the Wrangler. Now, the Roxor is technically a side-by-side -side for off-road use, even though it looks just like a Jeep 
That is because Mahindra and their original Thar used Jeep platforms under license from Jeep to build them for the Indian military. And to this day, they are still utilized as both the Thar and the Roxor models. In India, you can still get a brand new pre-existing Jeep platform from the 70s as a Mahindra Thar. In, in Now, the Roxor may not have a good fighting chance in the North American marketplace, considering the fact that they lost their F-50 FCA. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles sued them because of the grill of this thing looked too much like the actual Jeep Wrangler. Even though you'll never see the Roxor on the road, they still sued them. They, they only managed to win that defeat against them. They said oh, it looks too much like the original Jeep, where the government came back and said, well, there's a lot of things that could look like a lot of things. Let's look at the lawsuit that Dodge did with Ford when the F-350 came out, and the F-350 essentially looked like a rebadged 1994 Dodge Ram with a Ford logo on the front of it. They settled out of court due to the fact that there was just enough changes with the F-350 and Dodge realized, well, everybody's going that way. But we sued you. Now, if you see the new Roxor, they're making a new grill for it to appease FCA. Funny thing is, is now it looks like a Toyota Land Cruiser front grill. So they don't go from one, they go to the other. Now, move over to China. Remember I said, the Americans were invaded China during World War II as well. And a little company called BAIC still makes a product under license for the Chinese military, which looks just like a Jeep. The BJ-212, similar in style and layout to the US Hunter, which is also stylized after a Jeep Wrangler as well. And the, the BJ-212 has also utilized other places around the world. Now, getting into this, the US Hunter, if you've not seen it, you have, let's just say, you think you haven't seen it, but you have. If you've seen any movie that involves the North Koreans, the Russians, or the Chinese military in, in the movie place, the little two-door Jeep-esque looking vehicles are the US Hunters. They're a complete knockoff of the Wrangler product. Now, they don't look exactly like it, but they are somewhat of a similar product to the Jeep. As we say that, the US Hunter was built as a Russian alternative to the Jeep. But that's not the only one from Russia, because we also have the Lada Neva. Lada Neva shares no common place with the Jeep whatsoever. It is not a ripoff or a counterpart of the Jeep. What the Lada Neva is, is a product built by Fiat, because essentially Lada is leftover products from Fiat, but Russia is such a big country with so little roads back in the, the Cold War days, that they needed a vehicle that can go in and out of anywhere. Along comes Lada and says, let's build a Neva. An indestructible little thing that can go anywhere you want. Hell, even Vladimir Putin has his own Lada Neva product. And because Jeeps aren't prominent over there, and because Jeeps are an American commonplace, it took forever for them to get in, the Lada Neva has become the mainstay of the Jeep world over there, outplacing the US Hunter, since that is essentially just for the Russian army. Moving on to military style, Nissan, after seeing what Toyota did, said, hey, we want to do something like that. We want to get into the military thing. We want it. Because Nissan was everywhere. They're in Africa, they're in the Middle East, they're in all over Asia, they're in South America. They need a vehicle that can go do anything just like the Land Cruiser can. In comes the Nissan Patrol. Nissan's answer to the Jeep and military call. Sold in two and four-door models up until 2016. Now, essentially, the new Patrol is a Yukon competitor, not a Wrangler competitor. Well, I would say a Wrangler four-door competitor. If you've ever seen when the United Nations show up, and the UN always shows up in peace-creeping missions, little vehicles they either show up in are Toyota Land Cruisers or Nissan Patrols. The funny thing about it is Jeep prides itself on being able to go anywhere, but the only vehicle that ever really traversed from the Antarctica were Toyotas. Nissan Patrols have been into the rainforest of South America and a, Toy and a Land Rover Defender is the only vehicle to, to actually go from the tip of North America to the bottom of South America. Considering the fact that there is a small stretch in Central America when you cross from Central America into South America that there actually is no roads. You have to drive through the jungle. Yeah, if you ever wondered that, you can't actually drive right to South America. There is one point when you're in Panama where you have to say to yourself, I gotta get on a boat because I can't drive. 
And then you get to South America and you can go everywhere again. It's so weird. Really weird. Go check it out in Google Maps. I thought it was odd too. But Nissan wasn't the only one. Mitsubishi did this. I don't know if you've ever seen the Pajero. They also called them the Mitsubishi G. Kind of like the old Raiders. Mitsubishi Raiders we used to get here. Ram had them. Funny thing is, is, is Dodge, when they had the partnership with Mitsubishi and created those Eagle products, they used Pajeros as those Ram Raiders here. Which is a funny thing because the Mitsubishi Pajeros were built as a Jeep competitor and then Dodge took them as a Mitsubishi counterpart within their own product line. So it's like they're competing with their own product lines with a competitor of a competitor. Really weird. They came as two and four-door models. Pretty neat. Take a look at them. We're going to move on to a little bit of the unknown. I don't know if you notice, as we talked about in the Ford Bronco days, in our podcast about the Ford Bronco, it had its own competitor called the International Scout, built to compete with the CJ Jeep. International Harvester built vehicles until the 1980s to refocus on trucks and buses. Yes, International Harvester doesn't build vehicles anymore. And from the 1950s all the way up into the 80s, they had trucks, SUVs, and suburban-esque vehicles. They built it all. They used to be a main place against the big three trucks. So there used to be Ford, GM, Chevrolet, Dodge, and International. And then International in the 80s, when everything started going belly up, we had Black Monday, Chrysler go, falls flat on its face, you know, Ford has issues, and GM has to reorganize itself to compete against the Japanese with Saturn. American Motors crashes, International says, screw it, we're getting out of this, we're going to just transports because we can't compete with the big three. And International calls it quits on the truck. Well, the Scout was an amazing product built to compete against the CJ. It's kind of ahead of its time because two-door SUVs weren't super big until the late 70s. Around the time the International Scout died out is when the market started getting big. Well, too bad for them. I'm going to jump back across the pond and go to Asia. I don't know if you've ever known this, but in South Korea, before Kia was bought by Hyundai, there was also another company that was tied into Kia. A little company called Asia Motors. They built the original platforms for Asian-supplied Jeeps. They built the platforms for Jeeps in South Korea. Well, knowing this, they built a product called the Asia Rockstar, which Kia eventually returned when they bought them out, kept it as a Rotona, because now Kia builds military-grade Jeep products for the South Korean army. Kind of funny, because Kia is always known as a budget brand, and they build things for military. This is where their budget goes. Rockstar was built for civilian use in the mid-80s and 90s. If you go back and watch Jackie Chan movies from the 90s, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Mr. Nice Guy. When he goes to South Korea, and an Asian girl, he's driving through the bush in that weird Jeep-esque looking vehicle well that's it that's the kia rotona or the rockstar very weird looking vehicle and kia originally wanted to introduce this into the north american marketplace by the end of the 90s when they were starting to enter the u.s because they saw that the suv market was just starting to roll past the minivans well unfortunately for kia trademark laws and the infringement of the fact that they build jeep products for the south korean military and they have this product that looks like a jeep product they fell into the same arena as the rockstar and Kia couldn't bring it over here. Which is kind of pitiful because it's smaller than the CJ at the time. So it would have been more in the same lines as the Chevy Tracker, Geo Metro, Suzuki Sidekick. It would have fallen to those lines of civilian mini SUVs. So I kind of wish it would have come here. It would have been great to see. Now, I don't know if you know this, but in our Canadian military, we use non-Canadian products for our military personnel. We use Germany's Jeep counterpart, the Mercedes G-Wagon. But if you didn't know this, the original original Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon was built for the military use and proposed to the Emperor of, of Ram, a large shareholder of Mercedes at the time. It was similar in style to the Land Rovers and still had the capabilities of a Jeep. And he bought them and he used them. And then Mercedes said, hey, we can build these things. They did the same thing Hummer did. We could build them for civilian use. And they did. The G-Class has never been a true, I guess you could say, Jeep counterpart because of its price point. It was built on a, not on a Jeep platform, but it was built to compete in the same markets as the Jeep for military use and to give the appeal of going 
going everywhere, but it has never been really considered a Jeep counterpart. The only thing that would even come close to the G-Wagon and the Jeep house would be the Grand Cherokee. But let's just say the Grand Cherokee doesn't fall in the same class. So really, the G-Wagon is kind of on its own. Then we're going to skip back. We're going to go to Brazil. If you want to take a look, Brazil has two competitors to the Jeep. And the funny thing is, is both of these competitors to the Jeep were originally built off of Jeep platforms, but not in collaboration with Jeep. They were built off their platforms for their home markets, but they weren't built in collaboration with Jeep. We're talking about TAC and the TAC Star and the Troller T4. Now, if you didn't know this, the Troller T4 is now part of the Ford Empire. It is part of that. Ford now owns Troller. And the new T4 is actually being built off brand new platform for the Ford Ranger, which is also going to be underpinning the brand new Bronco. Another competitor to the Jeep. This is kind of funny. They bought out Troller, who was building their products off Jeep platforms, and has now put them on the Bronco-esque platform to compete back against the Jeep. I don't know if you've ever seen the Troller T4, but this is a product that we need to have in North America. This is something we need to compete with Jeep. They so could do it. If you take a look in the history back of Troller, the original product line looks exactly like a Jeep with a Troller name on it. The Tac Stark, on the other hand, built in Brazil for Brazil. There's a similar appeal of a Jeep using a lot of parts and a lot of product from the original Jeep. Compete against it, but its design is, let's just say, out of this world compared to a Jeep. It's more modern. Unlike Troller, they decided to go on their own to create their own product to compete against the Jeep. They succeeded, but unfortunately, Troller was seen as saving people from the horrific floods and hurricane that went through Brazil. So they made the news. TAC did it. And TAC sent back going, man, like we got cool stuff too, but they can't compete. So really all in all, around the world, the Jeep has influenced so many great products and helped build so many great vehicles from its technology or against its technology. Since the inception from the original American Bantam company back in 1943, Jeep has led the way in the SUV marketplaces. Jeep is, was known as a segment until the late 90s when the SUV nameplate was officially formalized into car culture. Yes, it wasn't really until the 90s. The 80s, we started using it, but everybody still called them, oh, that's a Jeep. You want a Bronx? Oh, you got like a Jeep. Its license has allowed Kia, Mahindra, BAIC, and Mitsubishi to build their own models. With competition from U.S., Suzuki, Land Rover, Toyota, Nissan, Ford, Lada, International, Troller, Attack, and Mercedes-Benz. They were all built to compete against it. The only few licensees, but a lot of competitors against them. Mercedes-Benz was mainly after Land Rover when it entered in the 1980s marketplace. They wanted to go after the Range Rover, not the Jeep, considering the fact that their vehicle was built in conjunction to go after a vehicle that was built off an original Jeep platform, which is it's like they're competing, but they're not competing. And since the original Land Rover was made to compete with the original Jeep, Mercedes-Benz is similar to good competitors, like we already said. Many of the new vehicles have been there since the inception. Many more are out onto the table. There are a lot of new products going to be coming out against the CJ marketplace. GM knows that they screwed up on the Blazer nameplate, but now they're looking at the Jimmy nameplate to go up against the CJ. And the brand new Bronco is going to be creating a smaller version to go more in-depth than against the Jeep Wrangler with the new Bronco 2. We don't know what it's going to be called, but we're assuming Bronco 2. The stiff competition rising in the marketplace of all-terrain, all-anywhere-to-go vehicles. Can Jeep keep its legacy going? Will it be like the Beetle and hold its name in history? Hold its place there for everybody to know it's there? Well, with over with nearly 80 years of history behind it, it's hard to say if the Jeep legacy will die out anytime soon. Even with all the competitors and all the licensees they've created all over around 
around the world. Jeep has still held its name, just as Coca-Cola, Apple, Ferrari, and even Lamborghini. Yes, Jeep will hold its name from now on into the future. For it, we say bring it on. This is Everett from Autolux Autopod telling you to keep watching the marketplace to see how many brand new Jeep products you could see coming out that may, may just take a bite out of their Apple. But unfortunately, nobody will ever be able to take over that entire marketplace because Jeep does withhold it. They have taken out so many of their competitors over the years that it's hard to say when the, somebody will actually create something to bring it down. And until we actually get out of the need to go everywhere and anywhere, the Jeep is going to be here. From Autolux.net, I am Everett J. Telling you to keep your eyes out for all products Jeep related and to keep following our Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and always hit us up at www.autolux.net for all your new automotive news and websites from around the world. This is Everett J saying strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride from Jeep and Autolux.